2: Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with Mum on a Zoom.
3: Hi darling, I just got the most lovely present in the post. What? A guide to Yiddish the Yiddish kitchen. Uh. So I'm really excited. The title is So Eat My Darling, A Guide to the Yiddish Kitchen. It's so old and it's got all little Yiddish proverbs in it. Oh
2: amazing. It's
3: really sweet, yeah. The front
2: cover looks so unappetizing. I know, the inside is very unappetising too, but it's quite fun it's well written well do you want to know what I've been up to this um evening just before we this guest that is you know a bit of a siren and um some people have always said that you know me and her can look quite similar yeah but I've been uh, doing a knit treatment on my hair because my daughter has had knits three times this hair I want to shave it off Anyway, we've got Gemma Arterton on the show tonight, who actually did have to shave her head. She didn't. Well, I don't know if she shaved her head. Well, she's a nun in this new BBC mini-drama called Black Narcissus. Oh,
3: a lot goes on under a wimple, darling.
2: (laughs) She's like a sexy nun. I don't think she's supposed to be sexy. Well, I'm not going to give anything away.
3: I watched the first episode.
2: It looks like it's been shot on film. I want to ask her if it's been shot on film. Anyway, we've been wanting to have Gemma Arterton on for a very long time. And I'm pretty gutted that I'm not going to be able to see. She's not coming to the house. Yeah. I
3: wanted a photo with her. I
2: did too but to be fair I quite like everyone thinking that we look the same when we don't really. So if we were right next to each other in a photo maybe it would really show up the fact that I look nothing like Gemma Arterton. But yeah Gemma Arterton you know you've seen her in Tamara Drew which I really loved Uh, St Trinian's Prince of Persia when I love that she brought her mate over to be the personal trainer because they said she needed to get a personal trainer she was like okay I'll fly somebody out and she brought over her best mate to come which i just think is the best story ever of hollywood so she's brilliant mum is this our first bond girl yes da-da,
3: da-da. i want to hear what it's like to snog pierce
2: no she wasn't with pierce she was with um, daniel craig
3: oh i'd have preferred pierce be a bit more fun anyway i bet pierce would have done
2: tongue jesus mum the delightful Gemma arterton coming up on table night. Gemma Arterton we finally meet not in person it's been a while it has been a while uh well it's been a while us trying to get you we've been discussing this for I think a good few years and finally we have you it's annoying that I'm not getting to see the person that everyone says I look like so much which is the greatest compliment in the world I can tell you right now you are a siren. Uh,
1: <laughs> Jessie, it's the same thing. I've had the same thing where people have told me that I look like you. And I'm like, I love her so must much. must be having
2: a bad day. You're very sweet. Oh,
1: come on. You're gorgeous. Don't you also have a sister called Hannah? Yes. Yes, you- I do. Snap. It's oh. really weird, isn't it? Have you got a brother? No, unfortunately not. Shame. You have a brother, obviously. <laughs> We, yeah, we just do it, mum. Get it over and done no, with. No, 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 it's fine. It. I'm going to hold Oh, back. he's a doctor. He's oh, a doctor. Oh, <laughs> Gemma, <Well>, you knew. <laughs> thank you <laughs> big up doctors saving lives and being the best how are you Gemma
2: I mean it's quite nifty that you've got a few things coming out I know. at the end of the year it's nifty when did you finish um filming black and I'm going to say is it Narcissus because you kind of
1: say it like that in the thing that's very um exotic Jesse, the way you said it just Narcissus
2: Narcissus all right fine black Narcissus Narcissus
1: so when did you stop filming it and where did you film it we finished filming it at Christmas. Christmas of last year, so like the two days before Christmas, and we filmed it in Nepal and Pinewood Studios in London. God, it feels like a lifetime ago because, you know, it was amazing. We were in Nepal this time last year in the Himalayas. Yeah. Was it wonderful? Absolutely incredible. One of, if not the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life, it was just so pure. It took us two and a half days to get to the final destination where we were filming. Crikey. Um, which was just completely remote. There was hardly any, you know, modern amenities. It was just the nature. It was incredibly stunning. And just feel very lucky to so have been able to go now, now that we've been stuck in. Forever. <laughs> for most of the year did you eat well in nepal do you know we actually did we weren't expecting to because we'd been told you know you've got to watch out deli belly and all of that and bring your emodium. but where we stayed um which was like um a traveler's lodge it was absolutely stunning so that they, they can't grow that much up there because it's so high the altitude's so high um so the food is mostly it's very basic you eat a lot of yak up there. Yak. Um, they they had a place called Yak Donalds, which we all got very excited about. Ah, yak Donalds, <laughs> and you can have yak burgers and yak butter, yak milk, which is really lovely. But also a lot of um, really beautiful, like garlic soups, and a lot of like lovely dal's, very spicy Nepalese food, and it was like really just had gorgeous food and one of the places we were staying in they had one of those pits where you sit around and you put a blanket over the table because it's freezing cold obviously it's you know the top of a mountain and all your feet are all toasty by the pit of the fire and then you're eating around it was just gorgeous and we were yeah we ate really well I was very surprised and no problems oh good
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh good it's really really thank you for clarifying i just want to know what does yak taste
1: like well i didn't actually eat the yak because i don't te- I, I do eat a bit of meat but i tend not to and i had met a yak on the first day of filming we had two yaks on set a, bl- a black yak and a white yak it's quite hard to say and they were so sweet that then i just thought i can't i, I just couldn't possibly eat a yak but yak butter and yak milk is lovely. It's sort of, it doesn't taste sort of like, I don't know, it just tastes like regular. I guess they're not that far away from cows. Are they
3: bovine? They are bovine.
1: I've just looked at looked a yeah. the picture. They look a bit like a hairy bull, don't they? Yeah, lots of hair, lots of sort of. Long hair. A long-haired bull, I'd say. Do they make cheese from it as well? They do, yeah. We had some yak cheese as well. But in Yak Donald's you have... Yak Donald's. <laughs> the yak burger and yak cheese. And it's sort of... It's quite well known, this place, Yak Donald's. It's, people come from <laughs> all over the world to go there. It's very bizarre. Just to say you've been there. Yeah. I wanted
2: to ask, with the filming of Black Narcissus, it really felt like it was shot on film and... It felt almost like it had that tension of Don't Look Now, a film like that, where there was all the silences and it felt really kind of, yeah, like it was beautifully shot, but it kind of, they'd aged it in a way, treated it and graded it, that it felt like it had this kind of older, timeless quality about it, which was really interesting.
1: Well, the director was also the director of photography and she's amazing. She's called Charlotte Bruce Christensen. And she wanted to shoot on film, but she wasn't allowed. And so I think her aim standard. But I think her aim was to create something that like harkened. Basically, there's a film called Black Narcissus that's a classic film from 1947 and won Oscars for cinematography and was groundbreaking and is like Scorsese's favorite film. And so I think we had a lot to live up to in terms of the cinematography. Um, and so I think, yeah, she, she did want to pay tribute to that film, but at the same time make it her take on it and also I think the storytelling is is very um we well we kept referencing like Bergman because there's a lot of these is a psychological thriller really and uh, a lot of the drama is inside the characters and in the silences and so a lot of our references were the kind of Bergman films like Persona and so yeah it's good that you noticed that in the what you saw <laughs>
2: No, it was, it was brilliant. And you also have a film coming out. What is the film? Yeah. Have you got The King or
1: something? The King's Man. The King's Man. The King's Man. Yes. When's it coming out? The King's out? Man. I think it comes out in February. So Black Narcissus is in uh, Christmas Day, I believe. Oh, lovely. Uh, so I think there's three episodes. So it's, it, I think it's the first episode's on Christmas Day. So hopefully you won't fall asleep after your Christmas dinner watching it
2: (laughs) no you um you are amazing in it you look beautiful even with a skinhead babe it really suits you
1: did you cut your hair I I shaved the underneath (gasps) and the sides (gasps) god and so I had this weird weird hairstyle for a very I still still am growing it out actually I've got like short bits all over the place I didn't shave the whole lot off they had amazing people doing wigs and things like that but um (sighs) Yeah, I loved wearing the habit, though. It suited you? Loved it. Did you? Why? (laughs) I just loved how it's sort of quite beautiful, actually, our one was white. It frames your face. But it was very um, simple and it just, all it does is it takes everything away. So you haven't got any ears, you haven't got, you know, you can't, everything's constricted, but it sort of frames you and I loved wearing it. And also it was quite... You haven't really got anywhere to hide in terms of, you know, acting because there's no hair or there's, you know, there's nothing you can fiddle with. You Mm. can't kind of. So it was quite blunt, but I loved it. Loved it. I miss it. Miss that habit. (laughs)
2: I want to know what it was like growing up. Where did
1: you grow up and what were you and your sister Hannah eating (laughs) around the dinner table? So we grew up in uh, Kent in Gravesend, um, now made famous because Laura from Bake Off is also from Gravesend and she talks about it all the time. Oh,
3: lovely Laura,
1: blonde Laura. Yeah, she went to school with my sister, apparently. Did she? Yes. So, yeah, we were raised by my mum predominantly, who was a trained chef. But in the late 70s, early 80s, and she found it to be an absolutely horrific job at the time for women. And so trained and then gave it all up and then became sort of adverse to cooking and sort of a bit scarred by the whole experience. So we sort of grew up, you know, she would cook for us, but it would be sort of reluctant or um, there were a few dishes that she, you know, did that we loved like macaroni and cheese and things like that. But it wasn't a big part of our lives growing up food really it wasn't until I kind of left drama school and when I was like a you know young adult that I started getting interested in cooking we did have you know family meals and things like that but it wasn't ever a you know a big thing in our household which I I'm sort of a bit sad about because when I listened to your show, I was like, God, you had amazing, you know, obviously you're such an incredible cook. Both, Well, both of you are, but it was just, it just wasn't really part of our upbringing.
2: So do you think that was because of her visceral reaction to just feeling so kind of destroyed by the industry? I
1: think so. I think she was a natural cook and she grew up in a household with four other siblings. So there were five of them and she cooked every night for the family. So she was raised cooking and then sort of naturally went into that as a profession. Um, And she wanted to be like a a patissier, like a a pastry chef. And she did have a cake making uh, company while we were kids. You know, she did birthday cakes and wedding cakes and things like that. So I remember her cooking, but because... She did have a really hard time in the chef industry at that time and she was very young and it's very, very different to how it is now. I think it's obviously it's still very competitive and very exhausting and long hours and all of that, but I think she particularly didn't enjoy it. So I think cooking for her became this sort of thing that she'd do as a, well, I have to do it rather than as an enjoyable thing, which is such a shame because she was gifted at it and i think she associated it with having to cook and yeah and she learned some real like she's her skills that she learned are so like of the 70s as well like you know the french style of cooking and uh, she still remembers all of that stuff but again it's it's not an enjoyable thing for her and uh, she did teach us Like baking, because that's the thing that I really enjoy doing now is baking. And I think I learned that as a kid from her, which she did teach me how to make cakes and pastries and whatnot. What else is getting you through lockdown, (sighs) food-wise, takeaway-wise? Yes, so we do have we have our sort of takeaway once a week really like as a treat and there's this place called Motu which is like oh, it's the best. Indian it's so good and so we have that once a week um my husband is a really good cook and he basically mostly cooks I do the odd meal which is never as good as what he does um I do do sometimes make bakes and things like that but it's Uh, In terms of getting through stuff, I I paint, and I've been doing this amazing fine art course. Oh, wow. So I've been doing that. Thank God. Are you doing it online? No, I go to this place in Battersea called the London Fine Art Studio, and I've been learning basically, like you know, I've always drawn and painted, but never had any sort of real technique. So I started doing that, and I absolutely love it, and um, it's been completely come at the right time during lockdown I was supposed to be I did start doing that course online but then I ended up going into the atelier to do it which is a totally different experience because you get to paint from life and work with sitters and you know just even being around people even though we're all like socially distanced and all that just being in that sort of atelier um, environment is really so lovely
2: I don't know if this is common knowledge because my friend told me no I think it is you're going to be Dusty Springfield
1: yeah apparently I am yes yes this is the best surely
2: this is the greatest role you will ever have in your life surely this is amazing you're gonna sing you're a great singer Mm. you're gonna you're (laughs) gonna do everything this is amazing I know
1: I'm kind of a bit um a bit terrified of it but at the same time like really excited um it won't be sort of like Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man it's not that kind of So what is it going to be? It's much more intimate and it's about Dusty's a specific moment in her life when she made Dusty in Memphis and she went to America for the first time and and you know did that amazing incredible album and defied everybody's expectations because she was this kind of you know big singer from England who was doing these big massive ballads very dramatic stuff but Bacharach stuff and then went to Memphis and started singing you know stuff that was written for Aretha Franklin and like killed it. But doubted herself though didn't she? Yeah massively and it's really it's about her and you know she was gay and didn't uh she was out she wasn't hiding it she was gay and proud but she you know she um i think one of the reasons she moved to america was to kind of escape that scrutiny from the uk british press and so it's really it's about her this very specific moment in her life when she was really at the top of her game creatively, where she felt she was the most creative, but at the same time doubting herself, as you do when you're going through like really massive creative processes, and at the same time it's about um, dealing with her love life in in that sphere, and and there's so much stuff that I've read and learned about her that is so fascinating, like. For example, she, she moved to America to escape the press and live this sort of more relaxed life, I guess, living in L.A. And um, she wrecked her voice, absolutely wrecked it, uh, from smoking and booze and fags and drugs and everything. And sort of, you know, her career kind of just slid away from her in the 70s and it didn't really come back until the 80s when she worked with Pet Shop Boys. And so there was this sort of really bleak time in the 70s where she was absolutely broke, kind of on drugs and a wreck. And she used to um, she used to go into drag clubs and do Dusty Springfield acts in, like, Dusty Springfield competitions and pretend to be dusty. You're
3: joking.
1: In order to win, like, $100 or $50 or something. And sometimes she didn't win. Oh, my God, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But she'd be like, you know, doing like lip sync for your life kind of thing as Dusty. And people would be like, no, 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 she hasn't got it. (laughs) I just love it. And she was she would laugh at herself about it. You know, she was very funny and very um, eccentric. And uh, that's the side of her that I think is really interesting. This kind of comedic side and the fact that she was very sarcastic and sardonic and, she could could laugh at herself but was very very troubled as well but yeah so I've, it's it's you know like how these things go like it's been going through different um variations over the last few years but yeah I really hope it happens and I get to do it <laughs> and I get oh to my God, do what? her
2: justice yeah, me I mean her
1: voice oh that you will uh, you know, whatever, we'll see. <laughs> I want to know what
2: your what would be the dish that Gemma Arterton would make for everyone to kind of, would it, I'm presuming it would be potentially a, a, a cake. Yeah. What's the cake that Gemma Arterton would make for everyone?
1: Well, it probably isn't a showstopper, but it is a tasty cake. I'd make a lemon meringue tart. Um, a really, really zesty lemon curd, crunchy pastry and lots and lots of meringue I also really like a gypsy tart which is a Kentish tart and it was done on Bake Off this year but didn't go well um and I always thought if I ever went on there I'd do that because it's a sort of it's such a guilty pleasure tart Uh, it's just basically loads of brown sugar and condensed milk and it tastes (laughs) amazing Um, a gypsy tart, yeah. And
2: um, what would be your, your your last supper before going off to the desert island or before you go off to shoot your Dusty Springfield biopic um, mini-series? Um, you know, uh, 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 maybe it's not a mini-series, um, <laughs> but um, you're going off, what is going to be your starter, your main, your pudding, and your drink of choice?
1: I think it would be a cheese, cheese on toast. I uh, don't really mind about starters. Um, I'd do, like, really good bread, like a beautiful... Grainy sourdoughy bread with loads of cheddar cheese, like really strong cheddar, Worcester sauce, grilled, a little bit of a skin on top. That, oh my God, that is for me the best food ever, ever, ever. Cheese on toast. <laughs>
3: I can relate to that. I I love cheese yeah as well. I think it's great. It just
1: is my happy food. I know, there's loads of stuff that I love but that is the stuff that gets me like, "Oh, yes."
2: Does it make you sleepless though? Yes. Cuz my husband had cheese last night with you, Mum, and he was in it like up all night just couldn't sleep. It made him an, he thinks
1: it was the cheese that made him an insomniac last night. No. I don't know. They do say that, though. They say cheese gives you nightmares. Yeah, I know. I know that for myself, I can't eat too late or drink too late because I suffer from, like, insomnia. So if I eat or, or drink drink too late, that's it. Like, my body just can't deal with it. it and But cheese, some people can, some people can't. But, um, yeah, cheese, I've heard, it just... Did do you go to bed late or early? No, I go to bed... At the same time, every day I have to, otherwise um, it's, I've got like a rhythm now that I have to live with. But yeah, it's, it's sometimes I can't sleep and that's okay. So what do you do when you can't sleep You just get up? Yeah, yeah, I get up. I've got like th- things I do. I get up, I make a little like hot milk drink. I maybe do a bit of yoga, but like gentle, nothing major. And then read and then that usually, if I get a bit sleepy, then I usually drift off. Then the worst thing I can do is lay there and fret.
3: No, hope. Um, <laughs> Jesse does <laughs> not suffer with insomnia. Jesse could sleep sitting here now. Oh,
2: it's so lucky. No, I know. And um, pudding, um, I want to know what your pudding is and your drink of choice, Gemma.
1: I don't know. I think it might be something warming, like a, I don't know, like a apple crumble with warm custard, something like that make like lots of crumble or a or a um a tart tan, uh with custard i think or, you're going to have cream. to
3: come round and eat with us Gemma.
2: definitely <laughs> and I'll do you do a tartar tartar tan? you did a really good yeah, one the other do. day and simon rogan actually we yeah. had on the podcast who is long clume simon rogan chef and i've never you probably have thought of this but we'd never thought to put salt in our tartar tan, and it just like adds that little <sniffs> It's really good, and it's like a no-brainer. Mm. But anyway, it was very, very delicious.
1: Actually, Long Clume is the restaurant that I've been trying all through this year. We've been trying to go, and then it's been lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And that's one of the restaurants I'm desperate to go to when lockdown comes away. So do
2: you do you like to go and eat out, and do you like to kind of try new
1: places? Yeah. or Are you quite the kind of, you know, creature of habit? No, I love to go and eat out and eat and, absolutely like when we go away our whole trips are based around where we're going to go and eat you know we research all the restaurants we you know that is the main the main thing that we do when we go away is, is find beautiful restaurants and eat there and we'll even go away to a place just so that we can go to a specific restaurant. So yeah, that's one of the things I've missed immensely.
2: You travel far and wide to go for these experiences, for this the taste of something. And what has been your best dining experience? If you've been to all these places, I'm sure you've been around the world to places. Is there one that really sits with you as one of the most memorable, good or bad?
1: Yeah, um, let me think. Yeah, I think I had one meal in New Zealand with my uncle who lives in New Zealand. I can't remember the restaurant. It's terrible of me, but it was a tiny little restaurant in Auckland. Oh, my God, the food was incredible. And the wines, because obviously New Zealand are known for their wines. That was a really memorable meal. Another one was... (laughs) um my husband and I went to Iceland we love Iceland and we've been a couple of times and we went to this unbelievable place in the middle of nowhere called Deplar farm which is an old dairy farm on the sort of northeast coast of Iceland and we were there basically we were like the only people there because there was a snowstorm and nobody could get to it and it is a magical place absolutely incredible and we had an we had a chef there who would come out every day and say, look, we've got, what we've got today is this, this, and this. What do you want me to do tonight? And because we were only people there, he was like our chef. (laughs) He would just cook for us every day. And we just had the most beautiful, like really local food. Because in Iceland, because it's so cold, they can't grow stuff in the way that we have in mainland Europe, you know. So they have to have like a, you know, they do a lot of more, like a fermented food and um but they do it in a really beautiful way so that was amazing stuff as well. That kind of feels
2: like an opening to a Bond film as well. There's something that like being snowed in and kind of being, in yeah. I, I don't know, sounds like an opening. Um, I wanted to know, were you a school dinners or a packed lunch kind of girl at school?
1: Pack lunch. What was in it? What was the packed lunch? What was the lunchbox? It was a pink, the one I remember was a pink Care Bear lunchbox um, <laughs> we, <laughs> with like stickers all over it, like little hearts and rainbows and stuff. I used to have Dairy Lee sandwiches, white bread, um, hula hoops, maybe a green apple, which never eat. And <laughs> your mum would put it in there and you'd be, you'd never eat it. And then as I got older, I would make my own packed lunch and it would be Marmite and cheese sandwiches and I'd put crisps in them. Yeah, I, that's what I remember, just Marmite, and, basically Marmite and cheese sandwich with crisps. I mean happy days Gemma
2: if, you, if you'd like me to add to that and I'm sure you probably know but a really great addition to the Marmite and cheese sandwich is peanut butter
1: oh um, I know but- I know already Marmite peanut butter is in my cupboard at the moment and love it oh it's good
2: they I'm glad that they did that it's good I mean I still feel like it's better when you do it your own ratio yeah I. Agree. but yes it is good oh do they make a they make a yes. jar yes, yes. Marmite so, peanut butter up. It's like they hurt. yeah, I mean, Ah. yeah, yeah. Apparently it's not just a piñate and wear thing. (laughs) It's an
1: actual thing. A thing. Have you ever had peanut butter and white miso paste? Oh, no, but I can imagine that would work. highly recommend. What would you have
2: it on, though? Just toast. Shut up. Gemma, this (laughs) is a new one for me. This is really exciting.
1: A friend of mine recommended it last year, and I was like, that can't, that wouldn't work. Try it. It is. Actually, I prefer it to the Marmite peanut butter because it's more subtle. The miso taste is a little bit more subtle. The umami, mothers. Oh, the umami. Mm, It's the umami. I think it would work nicely with celery as well, like spread over some celery. Nice and crunchy. Do you bake your own bread? I do, yeah. I do attempt it. Um, We, in this household, we do make soda bread quite regularly. Um, which is super easy to make. Is you make, it? Make it with buttermilk and bicarbonate of soda instead of yeast. That's the raising. Agent. Yeah, it's really easy. So you don't have to do any raising, which is really nice. And my husband, who as as I say, is an amazing cook. Is Irish as well. He's Irish. Hence the soda bread, yeah. Hence the soda bread. Um, and he has one of those big green egg barbecues. And during the summer, we would bake our bread on it. And it was amazing. Like a different world of bread. Uh,
2: Gemma, do you have good table manners? I kind of feel like you're a classy bird. You're there. You're very graceful. I feel like you're fine, aren't you? Yeah. Aww. She's
3: a bon girl.
1: She wouldn't have been picked if she was rubbish. Well, I think that I've been, um, I've learnt. And a nun. Le- yeah, and a nun. Um, I think I I taught myself good table manners because in my house, it's just, you know, as I said, we didn't really sit down for dinner that often and it wasn't a thing. So um, I have sort of had to pick it up from watching people. All we had was we weren't allowed to put our elbows on the table when we were kids. But aside from that, like I still, this is terrible. I eat with the fork in my right hand and the number of people that go, are you left-handed or are you cack-handed or whatever? And it's just because we were never taught. It didn't make sense to me why you would eat with the fork in your left hand when you mainly use the fork <laughs> to pick stuff up like Americans. And then now I have to kind of make myself swap over. I have When I'm with other people, I, I realise, oh, God, no, I've got the fork in the wrong hand. Uh, that That's the thing I always... I'm aware of. I eat with the fork in the wrong hand.
2: <laughs> that's that's. I, I've never I've never known anybody else that does that apart from my husband. So that's very good, interesting to know. Um, Gemma, last but not least, nice, what would I mean? What would your uh, karaoke song would be? And have you been practicing Dusty on the karaoke?
1: I have done a little bit of practicing. Um, not on the karaoke. I've, I'm not ready to publicly out her yet. I'd have to do one of those karaoke sessions on my own, which I have done in the past. Me and my friend, we would go to, they, there used to be a karaoke bar down the road and me and my friend would just go there and hire a room just to us two. And we'd be in there four or five hours four or five hours just going through just singing yeah along. all the songs I'd love it's that. so good and they and you tell the bar people just keep them coming just keep the drinks coming <laughs> we don't leave this we're not going to leave this room for five hours so I do love singing and I love karaoke what would be my karaoke go-to probably um oh it's probably like a really you know like Bonnie Tyler type thing you know where you can really go for it um is that like five
2: hour drinks in or is that like your opening gambit
1: opening gambit (laughs) five hour, five hour drinks in is like you're
2: dusty when she was going to the drag shows yeah okay cool got it yeah
1: no five hour drinks in is like if it's two of you you're thinking about duets and you're like oh yeah brandy and monica or you know like you're you, you know you're really going through them now hoping that there's some they're in the karaoke songbook somewhere (laughs)
2: Um, Gemma thank you so much for doing this I really am gutted that I didn't get to meet My beautiful doppelganger Doppelganger
1: (laughs) But one day we will
2: Maybe well I don't know Maybe this is me being real Stan But I remember seeing you on Columbia Road once and I felt like we gave each other a knowing look. However, you, I've now seen that you have glasses and I feel like potentially you didn't see me. But I was like, hey, girl, I was like, hey, I see you. You see me. And I, I thought we nodded, nodded at each other. And I can see what you're trying to do. And you're a very good actress. But I know you don't remember that moment. Yeah, and... Jesse,
1: hang on. Let me just have a moment here. You have no idea how much of a fan of you I am. I've not oh, been like, stop. no, 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 seriously, <laughs> seriously. Like when your first album came out, I ob- was obsessed with it. Aww. And any of, my friend, any of my friends will tell you, they were like, yeah, I mean, you, she just played it constantly. So I probably did see you on the street and was like, okay. oh my God, probably more than you would for me. Oh
2: shut up Gemma Look I remember No it's the
1: truth
2: Look I'm very touched
1: But I also am a bit boss eyed as
2: am i do you think that's oh I my know. god do you think that's why they say that we look alike just because they see the boss eye <laughs>
1: because we've got slightly slight one, one of my in. eyes goes slightly goes in. in it's
2: a real frustration that's oh, what you, it is can you teach me how to look into the camera properly because that is the bugger for me that i never know how to look in the camera i'm like this kind of like i don't know what to do
1: do you know what i learned the hard way they would always do these close-ups of me like doing a scene with someone and I was always boss-eyed when I was younger. The trick is to get that camera away because I'm long-sighted. So as soon as anything comes close, it's boss-eyed, Gemma, we are the same person, (laughs)
2: long-sighted.
1: Mate! We uh, are the same.
2: This is so funny. I'm really glad that I've just learned the boss-eyed trick from you because... My top comment of my first music video was, "Is she blind?" <laughs> oh no, because <laughs> no one Jessie told your me your eyes were closed. Oh, I know they weren't. I just didn't know where to look. So, and, went, and then there was a discussion about <laughs> if I was boss-eyed. And then it went into kind of all the great boss-eyed people: Barbara Streisand, Dalia, all of them. So then it kind of was a huge debate about boss-eyed people. Well, but yeah, that's it good. was. Yeah, I'm really um, thankful that you've just shared that tip with me because it's been the bane of my um showbiz life to be honest
1: yeah same same it's terrible as you get older as well like uh, I know I can say to the the camera person I am boss-eyed so just keep that in mind when you're shooting me like shoot around it's good to just call it isn't it it's good to just
2: call it and then it's like not an awkward thing in the room they don't have to just do the profile we work it out
1: we work it out.
2: And
3: it's alright. Very odd expression, boss eyed, isn't it? Yeah, what why is
2: it boss? I wonder where it
1: comes from. <laughs> I don't know. It's like boss
2: eyes. Yeah,
3: like, yeah. Like a a
2: good thing. Wing. The boss pictures, <laughs> yeah. Um, Gemma Artin, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Thanks so I will find me. you in the street another time and I will look at you with my boss yes. eye. And you may not think I'm looking at you, <laughs> but, but you I am are. looking
1: at you. <laughs> Same. <laughs>
2: I'm going to milk this because I definitely don't look like Gemma Arterton but she is fantastic looking.
3: She's just perfect looking isn't she? Her bone structure is
2: insane.
3: But I kind of loved how gentle she was when she spoke.
2: Like she was just really sophisticated the way that she moved and everything was very kind of beautiful and elegant and I yeah I'm a bit in love. Um. Thank you, Gem Arterton. Uh, Mum, I was I was slightly starstruck. That's why I went, Gemma. It's been a while. I haven't ever met her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's such a good actress. She said yes, Jessie. <laughs> we we
3: did see her once in the theatre. Jess, do you did remember?
2: We? Did we? Yeah. Oh, and maybe I was with Hannah. Thank you for listening. Thank you to gorgeous, gorgeous Gemma Arterton. Everyone go and watch Black Narcissus on Christmas Day to see Gemma Arterton looking really fit as a nun. And also acting very well. And it's actually, it's very moody, psychological drama, very tense. Um, lots of nuns being tense it is really good we will be back next week with a new guest please someone get us out of this lockdown so i could have actually smelt and touched the damn girl